Welcome to Forge by Fire. My name is Ryan Stevens. We're here again. My buddy Rob Hefley. What is up? Not much, man. Just excited to be here. You, you've been gone down in South Florida. I mean, almost Cuba, I think. Pretty it, close. It, to, it was low. It was low. <laughs> close to Castro's family over there. Yeah, it was. We were down in uh, Key Largo, man. I was really, really jealous. Ryan did not know where he was going for his 40th birthday trip. And I kept, I gave him some hand warmers. Kept, everybody kept saying Alaska. I was like, Canada. Yeah, it was like a dub. It was, uh, I've been married to Tara for 15 years and my birthday. So we combined it up and did a trip, man. But everybody kept lying to me. They're like, oh yeah, you're going to Alaska. And I'm like, dude, I know my wife. We're not going to Alaska. There's no way she'd go to Alaska just on a whim. He thought he was going to San Diego though. And I was like, you're three time zones off. Four, actually, because that's, that's Eastern. Yeah. Something like that. So, man, just uh, give me your grid coordinates, because you just got back from, like, there. And you're, you know, your head's all brown and tanned. And, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, man, I'm in a good place, actually. One, I just got back from a place called the Bungalows in Key Largo. And if you ever get a chance, I'm just going to challenge you to Google the Bungalows in Key Largo. It was, it was ridiculous. Like, each place, each room it's its own little cabinets its own like bungalow essentially and you get two bikes everything is that sea foam you know green bluish color and uh, there's a shower outside and, and a bathtub outside so you know i was in heaven it's like straight redneck then. yeah well yeah like very high-end redneck yes so, there was no transmissions so it was like a nudist colony Did yeah, have yeah uh, it, i mean i wouldn't work it, it was essentially yeah you could definitely i might have showered or gotten a bathtub. Oh, yeah. why are you she's gonna wear clothes in the bathtub you know? <laughs> but it was legit it's you know what i found is I mean, Tara's awesome she ended up finding it it's an all-inclusive adult only resort and it's in the keys yeah it's no yeah so no kids at all and you get to go down there i mean the food is phenomenal the drinks are phenomenal so you got any kids on the way now after being with your wife for a week (laughs) hey maybe maybe no we'll see if the second worked or not (laughs) that's exactly if not i'm choking out the doctor you heard me jessica thinks mine's gonna fail all the time she has like this premonition she's gonna be 40 something having twins i'm like babe if God wants us to have twins, triplets, you know, they'll come. That's exactly right. I was like, can't help the vasectomy. My doctor botched it up in like some days. <laughs> That's it. Came in there with a hatchet. But, My nurse cuss. So, I mean, that was about <laughs> as bad as it gets, I think. Uh, but, uh, man, it, it was it was great. I got some rest and relaxation. We were down there with some really good friends, and, and we spent the whole weekend. So that was good. And then I started 75 hard. You know, it kind of motivated me and jumped in on that train and so okay. i'm excited about it i'm excited that ron's doing 75 hard but i'm more excited about i'm usually never ahead of ron in anything but i'm on day 21 and he's on day two dude i'm i am proud of you dude one how much weight have you lost like total or like since 75 hard uh let, let's do total just so the listeners know i got down total like 120 and i gained about 20 pounds of muscle this year and then I've lost about eight back through that. Since you just hard. said 120 pounds. Yeah, and last since from from April, from January one two thousand seventeen till like a March of this year, I lost. Dude, that, I lost a person. <laughs> you did. You know that's why when you when you know Rob and I we're best friends and we talk all the time and sometimes I'll reference Big Heffley. That's the old school Heffley. Now he's the buff Heffley. Dude, dudes looking cut up. And and I think it's 
you know, I think 75 hard has something to do with it. It challenges you to get out of your comfort zone, drink water, two workouts a day, no alcohol, no cheap meals. And then also reading a book. I mean, yeah. reading 10 pages. Yeah. And so, you know, all those things are a lot of you guys that I do that. It's not that hard to do, but it's like the commitment to it. Cause last night I was at the travelers game, dude, I went and got ice cream for my kids twice. <laughs> This guy has like four hot dogs of kids. You know, I'm like, I'm not eating Did you have dog. the pouty face, like walking up in the pouty face? I'm like, what the beat? You know, I'm like. Yeah. But then I was like a funnel cake, dude. I was like in cotton candy. I'm like, you know, I'm a fat kid still. You know, I still see my kids as a fat kid, but like I love candy. and You know, <laughs> fresh funnel cakes, like, oh, they're frying. There's like fried Oreos. I'm like, gosh, I'm sitting there. You, you know the dude from Dude Perfect? You know that show Dude Perfect? Yeah. Oh, you know, our boys watch yeah. The Rage Monster. Oh, yeah. Dude, <gasps> I'm like sitting there then. It's one of the, you know, it's one of those like, man, I, I love food. And Jessica's like, when you pick some food up, I'm like, we were leaving. I'm like, okay, it's nine o'clock at night. Where do you want me to stop and get food at? You know, I was like, so there she's like, yeah, oh, I was like, we can eat when we get home. Dang, you and just then, put you put it down like that. Yeah, so we're, we're like, you know, like kind of in the, we're going home, and I was like, I still got to go at exercise. So I'm like, yeah, Justin, do. do you want to go to the trail with me last night? So it's like nine something. We're on the trail, like pitch black, you know, and there's bugs and having conversations about Avengers with Black Widow, you know, yeah, about Black Widow and about uh -huh. communists and Russians. And That's so, it. Yeah. So it's funny, like and his so little he, mind. And he went, he went out with you? Oh, yeah, last night at 9 o'clock. He went walk. He's like, Dad, this is He's a long a way. He's a stud. He's a good kid. But what's cool, man, like last night, some of you guys are really going to probably not think this is good parenting, but, you know, we got home like at 10 o'clock, and I'm like, Judson, he's like, you're going to watch UFC if, because if, I didn't think of um, McGregor had fought yet, and he hadn't. So I was like, we sneak downstairs, you know, my, he's supposed to be in bed like two hours ago and I buy the McGregor fight. And I got to watch one fight before and then got to watch the first round and he watches you know, break his leg, which made me about, about puked when I seen his foot clops. You know, if you guys can watch it, it's like crazy. Not quite Joe Theismann, but you know, it's like sad. And I wonder what happened there. You know, I wonder if it was a stress back fracture. I think he already, he had, I think he already broke it when he, or, he was kicking him with it. Or he got, you know, like yeah. he checked the kick yeah. and it caused a... a yeah. My, you know, micro fracture. I, I think he had to. And then he twisted. You know, a lot of people don't know is if you're punching properly, you're using your hips just like a baseball or golf swing. So you're really rotating on that leg, putting a lot of torque on it. And then when I watched it, it was just like snap. Oh yeah, yeah. It was one of those things. But so last night I had my kid out watching, <laughs> walking on the trail at ten o'clock, and then we were watching McGregor fight late night. The night before, I laid up at eleven o'clock watching Black Widow. So you know, here's the I'm thing: just, I'm just we, a great dad. We never, <laughs> we never said, we never said that we were perfect. You know, that's what's cool about the podcast and about me and you is that we're authentic. We're not fake. We're not perfect. We're always trying to, you know, it's like a constant, it's a constant reassessment. Oh, yeah. We're so, making memories, is what. <laughs> so not just because we're making memories, but that's one thing, man. I, I would tell you guys, like, here's a lot of guys don't include their their kids when they do work out sometimes, you know, I don't say take them every time, but like when you're working out or something, man, hunting or when your kid wants to go with you, you know, I didn't make him go. I was like, Hey, I asked him if he wanted to, and he wanted to go with me. And I'm like, man, there's going to be a day. He won't want to go with me. Well, let me, let me tell you something. You know, I learned this just through maturity and hanging out with better men and mentors is I used to be like, Oh man, I don't want my son to go. Not cause I'm not that I don't want to spend time with him, but just in, in the, event that I'm doing, it would be a burden, you know, like trying to watch my kid and teach jujitsu or teaching a, a rifle class. And then as I get older, just exactly what you said, 
I realized that I was making mistakes early. And I said, man, I got it. If he wants to go or, or my daughter wants to go, we're rolling. And I remember a vivid memory of I was teaching Jimbo Kine, Jim Kine. He, if the listeners don't know him, he's a army sniper, blackwater counter sniper. And he's one of our guys who teaches precision marksmanship. He's a phenomenal dude. Great Christian. Well, he was teaching a precision marksmanship class and Logan wanted to go. And so I was like, let's go, bud. Dude, he came, he kicked it. And then Jim was like, he's shooting too. And I was like, okay. They put him behind the gun, man. And he, oh, he was banging hammers. He ended up, they do this drill called making change where they take dimes and they put them out at like, I don't know, 150 yards or something, 120 yards. And if you've ever tried to shoot a dime, people are like, oh, that's easy. Okay, we'll do 40 burpees, drag this dummy, do 400 million jumping jacks, get behind the gun, and then you have a time shot to hit the dime. It's harder than you think. Logan did it. And Logan ended up banging the dime, dude. I have a, I have a question for you. Send this, it. Like, this is one of those things. It's like there's two, there's two schools of thought here. Okay. When you take that shot after your heart rate's up, do you hold your breath or do you not? So there is two parts of thoughts. On the respiratory pause, people say you want to hold it on a respiratory pause. There's been some guys that taught me, like, take some quick breaths, real quick breaths, and allow it to hold longer. So, like, you make this, you know, two in and out, in and out, in and out, quick and hold versus, you know, letting it out and then hold. But yeah, you definitely want no movement, especially if you're trying to make a precision shot. You want no movement in the sights while you manipulate the trigger. Because that's one of those things in the world, like the gun world, there's, I've seen two, like there's two, like completely, this is how you do it, you know, like the, yeah. those quick to win the, then the, the rest part. Well, here's my mindset real quick before we jump into the topic is, well, the whole thing about that is I believe the fire, firearms, Uncle Sam's paid a lot of money for me to be decent, and I love passing that on to other people. But I believe the gun community at times is like cultish. It's like you have to do it this way or you're wrong. But yet we have people who make decisions daily. You know, we put people on the moon. You drive a car down an interstate where people are on the I can drive a car, eating a cheeseburger, text messaging with my knees, yelling at my wife. Grabbing a kid. So we're intellectual human beings. Let me give you options. Which is not the best way. Yeah. But this is what I'm trying to get at is we're intellectual human beings. Let's give these people options and let them choose. Yeah. That's, you know, I think some of that too, I've I've learned from you. And it's like our parenting earlier was not, you know, you're like people like Rob, you let your eight year old watch a PG 13 movie. You let them up at 10 o'clock. You let him watch UFC, which is, yeah, stop being, tell him, stop being judgmental. Exactly. But, you know, my kid, you know, is going to, Dude, you got it's gonna, it's gonna be well rounded. <laughs> You've got a good kid, man. He is a good uh, kid. No, I was sitting there, but those things too, like, and we we're way off track there. Yeah, but man, and two, all those things about it's kind of where we're at, it's kind of today, our topic of our podcast. Does your past define you? And man, there was times in my life, man, I felt like I was carrying the skeletons on my back, on my arms, so everybody could see. You know what I'm saying? That's the way I felt like the world saw me. Like my past was like every decision I made, you know, like it was like that was who I was. Mm. My past, you know, I couldn't make anything. I couldn't, I couldn't live in the present because I was still carrying the, you know, the stuff with me. And I couldn't even look at the future because those things, man. And I, and I feel like I meet these guys all the time. And I know you teach them. It's like, man, they're living in their glory days in high school or college or they're living, you know, like 
it's like the last thing they did, the last one they have, they're still like burning that, you know, or it's like the bad thing that happened, man, that you see they live in that place. Yeah. You know, that's, they just go back there and just like hibernate. And uh, it's I mean, like there is, it becomes their identity. You, you know what's crazy? I think we've all been there. I, I think this is oh, yeah. what's so good about this topic is that we've all been here. Yeah. You know, some of us are just longer down the road. You know, what What question for you is like, what about your weight? Like, oh, man. It's do you like, ever, do you, do, do you ever look back on that? Or does it still like people still see me as that? Because you're a totally different dude. I mean, when I first met you, we've known each other for how long now? Almost five years, I guess. Four, yeah. Five years. And so like, you know, I've seen you make these, uh, you know, phenomenal changes. Yep. But do you ever... Does it ever come back to haunt you, or do you, do you feel like people um, still see you as that? Like, here's here's part of that. To be honest with you, I, I believe I have like a little bit of body dysmorphia that I see myself as a fat kid still. And this mm. week, I actually had a professional person clean my closet out in my life, like, and I had to got rid of like all these like I'd say fat clothes. Like, mm. there were six bags of clothes. Wow. And part of me didn't want to get rid of them because like I was like, what if I gain weight? You know, part of the you know sees <laughs> put some stuff on it is so big that. Just kind of give you. I can wear large shirts now, which is weird. And would, you, like, would you wear prior? Just three at like two X, three X. You know, like, so that's no. how big. So there's like this part of my head. I see myself. You know, and that picture I posted. I posted a picture. If you guys follow me on Facebook or Instagram, before and after. Like, man, it was like a huge difference. But you know, like a lot of times when we're like overweight like that, obese, we don't we don't want to see pictures or like delete them or like tell Jessica take that down. You know, you don't want to ever sit there and look who you are. And that's, you know, it's a part of my past is that because, man, it was like sad that I let myself get that far. You know, I'm like, what? As like, what was going on? But part but, of that but, was my own identity stuff that I, you know, I wasn't dealing with my own skeletons in my closet, you know, sitting there that was overeating, you know, it was like another, I'd say, addiction transfer, you know, it was food. Was that like for, comfort. for like uh, for comfort yeah. stress? Yeah. And I just, you know, one of those things that I went to for that and just, uh, but that, you know, that past part of me is like, and there's, you know, it's funny, like people hating, like, you know, this or that, you know, you had gastro bypass. I'm like, I don't care. It's still not easy getting, losing weight. You know? I've seen even yeah, that yeah. you still made changes after that. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's yeah not, you know, it wasn't a get out of jail free card. There was yeah. tons of work that went with that. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's still tons, you know, stuff going on. Like there's what part is like, there's a, you know, our past is like, we can be at all these different levels and look at, you know, I was like, man, I, I wish I could go back and make some better decisions, you know? And I think that's what ifs. You know, like, what if I would have done this? What if I went to college here? What if I would have went active duty military? What in the you know, or went to call? You know, all those things. Or what if you know I wouldn't ate those chicken wings five million? You know, whatever that is. But I was like, man, that, that part too. When you're living in the past, it's like you're driving and looking at the rearview mirror. You're constantly looking at that, and you can't see where you're at or where you're going. You're gonna wreck. Yeah, you yeah, sit there. You're gonna wreck. And you can't drive, if you drive and you can't drive that fast, you know, you can't, Dang, you can't enjoy, you know, all the things that, you know, the ride, even, you know, that part of it is because you're living with these skeletons around you really. And you're thinking what happens is you guys, you ever know, you have somebody's house it stinks. Like I had, you know, like our freezer, somebody unplugged our freezer. It's not like somebody died in our garage. Seriously, guys. It, yeah, it was bad. It's bad. But what happens I felt is like I when you I felt live like was... around it though. 
you become acclimated to it. You get used to it. So it's just like, you know, our past is like, man, this is, you know, who I am. I'm the guy that my business failed. I'm the guy that's just fat. You know, it's like, yeah. I'm like, that's all these things are just defining us. You know, like you just become acclimated to it. So who I am. And then you just accept it. Yeah. You just sit there, just the, the smell, of death, smell of death, whatever it is. You know, like, and I'm just going to live this way. And man, that's not how God made you. He made us to live in the present. And, uh, and to live live life abundantly. That's yeah. the thing. Oh, yeah. And so I got a question for you. When you when you were, I, I say big athlete, when you were big athlete, was there things that you were carrying with yourself that were transferred to others based on your dislike of, you know, your body type or, you know, being like that? Did it did it did you transfer that? All kinds of stuff, man. I was I still do I get in trouble. I like to use uh, humor and like dark humor, <laughs> which is not the best, you know. Like it is I, the best. It is the best. For but civilians, actually, it's, it's not. That's not exactly. But making fun of myself though, mm. you know, like, is, is like a is like a coping. Yeah, it's coping. You know, like laughing myself or they laugh. Yeah. You know, like today I was even I was talking about breaking chairs because there's chairs breaking at Mo's. You know, like the top scam. I was like, I was like, I broke a lot of chairs in my life. You know, I'm sitting there next to our pastors, and I'm like broke a lot of people's chairs you know, and I was sitting there other people's chairs like go to those weddings little white chairs they don't want to sit down in them you're like afraid yeah squat for 45 minutes like yeah but you have those things too it's like there's a part I think obesity for me it's like self-hatred mm. and there's like this cycle and you can see almost any kind of I think addiction is like this it's like a crazy cycle you know you sit there you hate yourself so you eat <laughs> guilt, hate, you know, like it goes back yeah. around. Same with alcohol, you know, I can't believe I drank again or I can't believe I did drugs again. I can't believe, you know, sex addiction, porn art, you know, it's like this cycle and it's like, you know, you're in it and you know, you know, there's a way out of it, but it's like, man, it I keeps just, drawing. Yeah. It's like, it just draw, you know, so how, how do you, how do you get out of that cycle? And I, I believe you have to make conscious choice that you want to change. And I think I always talk about people change because either Jesus or pain, you have to hurt enough. And like, to me, like my past defining me, I, I remember, and I've talked about this before. There was a time that Jessica said, I'm not attracted to you. And she didn't mean physically. She meant like emotionally, but my, my crazy darkness takes this, like Michael Jordan. I was like, you're not attracted to me. You know what? I'm going to be where everybody else in that room is attracted to me. I don't care if you are. Wow. So like I went, turbo mode yeah and i was like i went uh, i got starting testosterone my testosterone was like that of a 95 year old man got it back to right level i was like i'm going to get gastric bypass she's like what you know and i was like yep so she finally agreed to that in the first three months i was like 70 pounds and Damn. working out like a man but my mom is like you might not be attracted to you know but she wouldn't mean him she didn't mean physically she meant emotionally but yeah i was kind of that i always say Michael Jordan. Because- i was creating this own little thing like david gargan's like I'm going against myself and because you wrote a script, you yeah. wrote a script yeah. to a story that was never told. Yeah. You know, she didn't mean that. So you flipped the other script. Like, I mean, I wow. went to counseling about it. She asked me, she said, you talk to your therapist about that. But I was like, Hey, there's a place I just, I'm not explaining this. I think you know this too, that there's a dark side you can go to. You can't stay there. You can't live there. But in a workout when I'm hurting or whatever I got to do, I can go there and like, I'm going to get this done. Yep. I'm going to finish it. You're a hundred percent. You know, the reason why I was talking about your, your past of, of weight in that mine was I came from an abusive home. And so I had a lot of insecurities and I carried those insecurities around and I overcompensated 
by just being over aggressive, you know, and to the point where I would even like, you know, I, I, I would demand respect. If you didn't give it to me, I'd take it, you know, uh, became the person that I didn't want to be. So I carried that baggage around as well. So I can, I can relate to you when it comes What's to, that, you know, the overcompensating part, I think you know, the pendulum swings over here and I, you know, Jocko talks about overcorrecting. Oh, we're going to go like, you know, like, Hey, this, this is where you need to be at kind of the middle, like, you know, trying to coach somebody and they go, they go so far over. And I think that part too is like, you know, how do you sit there and get back in the middle? And here's one thing I've realized this almost no addict or any kind of addict can be in the middle. They're like way over here. Or on the other side. side, They're sitting there over there. Like, you know, just, you know, no matter what it is, it's like, and trying to learn how to live in the middle and to be okay about who you are. It's like, it's identity work, you know, about who you see, who you are and living in the very moment, not thinking about the past or the future, but living there. And there's, I mean, there's tons of counseling stuff in there, but. I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about the, the crazy cycle, right? So whatever it is, your addiction, you know, pornography, alcohol, food, depression, anxiety, whatever it is, and then you feel guilty and then you go back and it's just this cycle. I think one thing that that our listeners should probably go for, it, it, they have to find somebody close that's authentic that they can share with. I think that's where my life changed. That and then, you know, Man Alive, Man Alive, when we went up to the men's retreat yeah. uh, and I just did a lot of self-reflecting and I found out like, wow, this is, I mean, I was already on the path. So it was like a, it wasn't like a, a, a big bounce. It was like a slow descent where I was starting to understand that, man, I was carrying around this baggage. I was living in the past. I was, you know, well, you're I, constantly I trying like, to prove yourself though. I mean, that, yeah, that's the I, part too, that you didn't have to do that anymore. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I also felt like people weren't seeing me for me. They were seeing me for the past. They were looking through me to the past and that that's false. They were looking people when they talked to me, were looking at me, you know, I think we talked about it on the podcast before my stepdad told me, he said, you'll never be successful. You come, you, you know, I, I didn't graduate eighth grade. This is my stepdad. He's like, you know, we, our family is, we'll be poor. We'll always be poor. You'll be poor. You'll grow up to be nothing. And that haunted me. That was my past. And then I remember like going through these things and I just could not accept success. I remember Trip told me, he said, Ryan, you just finished that job. How much do you think you made an hour? And I said, I don't know, maybe 40 bucks an hour. He's like, Ryan, how much did you make an hour? I said 150 maybe. You know, we, we did training yeah. for a bank. And he goes, Ryan, how much did you make an hour? And then I started getting uncomfortable. Like, wow, is there value here? I was living in the past. And finally he said, Ryan, you made a thousand dollars an hour. Do you see what I'm saying? I was unable to accept it because I was living in the past. Like you said, Rob, I was driving the car, looking in the rearview mirror. And you said something so powerful earlier. And hopefully the listeners caught it. You said, you can't drive fast. If you're looking in the rearview mirror, you can't go for your goals. You can't go for you know, you can't go for these new things and self-development and new mining your personality if you're living in the past. Well, it's like, you know, the self-awareness part too is like, and I think we're learning about that more and more is like self-awareness is like, hey, I know my temptations. I know the things, you know, that, you know, like I don't, I keep those away from me, you know, myself. Mm. I try to set myself up for success, the things is, you know, and there's times I know I can flee temptation. You know, I'm talking about I know. I mean, like the bog park last night, I wanted to eat some ice cream. I wanted to eat, you know, 
But I was like, like get away from me, Satan. <laughs> it's like, but is it worth it? You know? Yeah. But is it worth losing, you know, sitting or starting over us and the commitment I made? Is that is that but that's maturity, right? Yeah. And it's, I think but self-control too, though, man. Like there's a thing about, you know, there's a thing about sugar addiction. I mean, sugar is a concentrate just like heroin and cocaine. So there's a thing like you're like, hey, you know, like ding ding, I need I need, I need a little dopamine like yeah. hit. But the same thing with gambling, same thing with, you know, pornography. There's, you know, sex addiction, all those things. There's that dopamine, you know, like you're looking for that, you know, what am I, am I, am I trying to get that? Or am I sitting there, I'm going to like get past that self-control. And, and with the, you know, and we're talking a lot about addiction, but I think there's so much about the past there that because we have reasons or we have excuses, excuses why we are the way we are. And that's, you know, my life's hard. It sucks. You know, we blame everything. There's no, there's no ownership, you know, anymore. People don't want to own anything. So, I mean, I, I definitely, I, and it's, I still learn it. Cause sometimes, man, I like, I want to blame my wife or this or that, you know, yeah. like, why did you buy that crap? Or why did you do this? Or, you know, but in reality, it's, yeah. it's our choice. Yeah. But I was like, too, like, you know, part of, I think living off is planning, you know, we can, we can fight tactically forever. You mean, you know that, but we're going to win some battles tactically, but if we're not strategic planning, <laughs> we're not going to be more as successful, as successful as we could be. When we start to become strategic, I was like, hey, tomorrow I have my water already poured. You know, I have workout clothes out. You know, I have my day planned out. And I know when I'm going to work out. I know when I'm going to do these things so I, I can win the day. You know, whereas like tactics, I just get up and roll out of bed. And just shoot the closest start grabbing something. Like, you know, like, just shoot the I'm like sitting there on the treadmill, drinking my water, dojo. reading a book. You know, sitting there like, like oh, I'm gonna, you know, I can make it. You know. Yeah. But that's That's well said, man. Being strategic is is a big deal. And I mean, there's things we have to be tactical. That's part of, you know, things change and you have to, you know, and that's each. But what happens when you're planning your days and you're getting your things, you know, planning your life, man. And it's like, it's just like your finances. If you live tactically all the time, you're always going to have something. And, you know, your air conditioner is going to go out. You're going to blow time. You know, there's not going to be extra money there. And just like there's no extra margin for these things. You're not living tactically, you know, sitting there, not strategically. You've got to do that way. That's good. And, That's well said. But you know, like, you know, your past, man. And uh, here's one of those things too. I, I would, this is a counseling thing, but man, some of you guys need to grieve your past and let it die. <laughs> let it die. Instead so, of holding on to yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, sitting there, cut, cut the life support off of it and let it die. You know, the good things, the bad things, you know, the person that got away in the relationship, the job it did, you know, the college you didn't fit, you know, the bad decisions, yeah, the bad made. decisions you made, like, let it, let it go. I mean, it's like release it, you know, because that is not who you are. Man, that's a decision you made or didn't make, or you know, or a bad choice. But you know, you're sitting there, you're living a new set of, you know, and the Bible says your mercies are new every day, and you know, it's a new day, new start. You know, like what can you do today? He's like, you can go back to college, you can find a new person to marry if you've been divorced. You can find, you know, you can be a better dad today. You, all I, those things. I think the past sometimes becomes your current lie. Yeah. You know, becomes your current lie, becomes your current. It's your career. identity. You're like, hey, well, it's a crutch. You're like, I'm this way because of this. You know, so Rob and I, we mentor a lot of men. There's a lot of guys that reach out to us and ask us for advice, not because we're somebody special, just because they know we've been down the long road. That's why it's forged by fire, right? <laughs> we're still but forged. When, that's right. It's a constant uh, process. But when you said that, there's something holding you down, right? Your past becomes your current lie. You said, I, I, I picture somebody wearing the ball and chain. And why I say that is because when we, when we mentor these men, when they start to talk, I can see 
that ball and chain attached to them. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. When you see somebody and you're just like, oh man, they're living in the past. I also believe this, Rob, is what we focus on is what God gives us. Yeah. Oh yeah. I said, you know, it's what you, in the whole thing about focus on, like you, you focus on a red Mustang like you have. I see 27 red Mustangs. <laughs> I know you, know, you, you never saw one. Yeah, never yeah, saw one. Exactly. That... You focus on the bad stuff. You find the. If you start to like, hey, what am I going to focus on today? And so, you know, sitting there, find find those things that you sit there. You need to focus on the good things. You know, your kid. You can find every bad thing your kid does if you sit there. Mm. <laughs> you can pick them apart, and but it's like, hey, what are the good things? Right, you know, that's what Judson and Rainey are like. Man, you're doing such a great job. You know, encouraging your sister. You know, sitting there, and the wow. and you you know the things because it's easy. The natural tendency we look at their marriages. What happens is, you know, we're, we're upset at our spouse. It's like we start, she didn't cook for me. She didn't clean, you know. Because you're looking at the negative. She's not, you know, give me, you know, like, you know, and you start saying, look at my buddy over here, you know, and all these things. And it's like, you're just fucking on the bad stuff. You know, like your wife is like lived with you for the last 15 years <laughs> and put up with a lot of crap. Yeah, right? you should she have grace. Like, yeah, she's like Congressional Medal of Honor. You know, sitting there like, <laughs> Purple hey. heart. Yeah, he's sitting there like, thank you for staying with me. I don't deserve you. And uh, real, you know, that that part too. So. And that's one thing too, man, just about your past defining you. Some of you people have had some ups and downs in marriage. I mean, man, my marriage, I think we've been in counseling about 97% of our marriage. <laughs> and, uh, but what I've realized is every time we go to a counseling session, I get more tools to use. And sometimes we fight and we even got a counseling session tomorrow at nine o'clock and I'm excited about it, but I'm not excited about it too. Cause there's stuff that I know like, Hey, it's going to come up. Like I definitely dropped the ball. It's like poker, <laughs> right? As soon as you guys show up, it's like, all right, show them. Yeah. What's what's funny? Like hold them or fold them. My therapist is like really good friends with Ron's in-laws. And I'm like, man, I wonder if he tells them, you know, but she, I, don't, I don't think he does, but there's uh, a part of me. I'm like, crap, you know, like here's all the intel, <laughs> all the stuff like, but that part of sitting there, like your marriage, the pa- your past marriages, your past relationships, even the things you're married, there's, there's forgiveness there. There's like renewal, uh, reconciliation, all these things where today's a new day and you can both start a new page and not live. You know, one of the rules we have in our marriage is not to be historical. And it's like, hey, do you remember in 1998? You yeah, did that's this? old stuff. Why are yeah. you bringing up old yeah, stuff? Yeah, exactly. You know, oh. let it let it go. And I would tell you, like a lot of times you guys have what you're doing it's like you got this in your little locker you're hiding it you and you take it out and like you stick them with the daggers like oh, you remember man. when you did this and and don't do that guys Dude, don't don't you know can i give you uh here's an example so tara and i we lead a life group a marriage life group every wednesday yeah. and it's a 13-week process these families uh, some of them are friends some people we don't know and I'll, I'll let them be nameless but there's a couple in the group and it's just like the individual is holding on to the past and then the spouse is doing everything they can to make it better. And the extreme ownership that the spouse is showing is like, I've done every, I made mistakes. I've yeah. done you wrong, yeah. but I want to be better. But the other person can't let it go. I mean, there's gotta be a time. What happens if there's not forgiveness there, you know, it's, it's not forgetting. It's like, there's forgiveness. It's like, but like when I hold this over your head, God doesn't do that to us. That's not forgiveness. God doesn't do that to us. You know, like the forgiveness part there is like that that relationship will eventually crumble if there's not forgiveness. And that's where Mm. you can't, you know, your your behavior builds trust, you know, with time. It's like a bank account. It's in there. It it builds trust, you know. And your behavior also, like, it it takes, you know, sit there withdrawals too if it's bad, you know, both sides of that and how you treat each other. But 
there's a part of that that you know you live it on pins and needles but you know you can't do that forever and uh, it's just bad for relationships and we've seen those like that definitely so i think them. so far up to this point one of the biggest things the listeners can take from this is that no matter what your past is today could be a new day oh yeah so today it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you have bad eating habits if you're addicted to pornography if you're addicted to alcohol every day you make excuses you come home and you have a drink because you have a bad day or you know issues with your spouse or financial tomorrow can be a new day if you're willing to just do an about face and take a big step yeah what's that you know man i I think just making that choice is like hey i'm not gonna let others affect my life you know i'm gonna live my life the best possible you know sit there i'm not let i'm gonna sit there i'm gonna love my kids love my wife but other people's stuff i want to take care of my own stuff because you can't control other people and sit there and live the very best you know that part too is like i'm not going to sit there and look at my past and define because so like living the past like i said it's like seriously going to your claws and start digging up skeletons it's like what can i find today you know what can well, you you're know like, find something if we, yeah. they look in our closet oh, yeah. you're going to find something i got like a big walk-in closet full of skeleton. you know it's like they're hung. like pull out drawers things are hung up yeah i'm sitting there you're like i remember this from 82. yeah i was like uh, but all those things man it's like that part you know it's and here's what happens. It's like, you're going to compare yourself. And this is what I'm really good at. I was like, man, you see that guy there? You know, he's like killed 27 people. So, you know, I'm better than him. I'm like way better than that guy. You know, I've got <laughs> it going. You know, like I'm sitting there. That's like, like blame shifting, right? Yeah. It's like blame shifting. It's like sticker shock. You know, I was yeah. like, nah, man. Well, like, that, that husband beats his wife. So I'm pretty Exactly. Approved. And those are that's parts. Blame, blame yeah. Shifting. That's where, you know, like, you know, like I'm way better than that guy. And that's where that, that's happens. not taking ownership. It right? is not. It's not taking ownership. But I was like, man, taking ownership too is like, you know, I mean, I, I weigh every day, you know, I take the progress picture every day. And like I'm owning where I'm at, you know, sit there and there's some accountability with that. It's like I don't I don't want to go back. I want to be physically, but also, you know, mentally, spiritually too. I don't want to go backwards mm. and those things too either. Cause I was like, I don't want to go back to a person that's not a good friend or, you know, not, not a good husband or not, not a good father. It's like, you know, with Judson and being a dad's never easy, but it's like the best job and the hardest job. Yeah. And like last night, I wanted him to know he was special. So I asked him if he wanted to go to, you know, so let him step later. And, and we but got that, to talk, you know, it was so funny the things we talk about, you know, and then I was like, do you want to watch the fight? You know, but I was like, Hey, I want that part. You know, last night was like small, but I like he'll like, remember that his dad like wanted to be with him. You know what's really cool about you? I've watched you over the years, Rob, and you put in these small little actions and events that eventually will pay big dividends. And it reminds me of John Maxwell. John Maxwell tells this story about a freight train that a freight train. So why I'm trying to say this is, okay, it's hard to about face pornography, alcohol, anger, anxiety, whatever it is to about face and take the first step. That's super hard. And when you do that, we want to be your cheerleader. But when you take two steps, three steps, you start to build momentum. And John Maxwell said that a freight train, when it first starts, you can literally put a rock in front of the freight train and it won't move. Like when it first starts, because it has no momentum. So get on the diet start to become a better for I man I've abused my children I've, I've neglected them over the year I work law enforcement I work nights I have no time for my children start today and then when you start doing it day 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 you start to build momentum well the freight train is start moving 
because even it don't let the rock do when it stopped start moving don't let the past be the rock and john maxwell says when you get a freight train that's moving and has momentum it will like it, it was like two feet of reinforced concrete it'll blow right through it yeah boom just like like your fist through paper it's right. just because you have momentum now Oh yeah, I mean, that's, I think so like you right it. now, you're 21, 21 days in. You have momentum. Yeah. You don't want to just throw it away. Day one or two is easy. Where I'm at right now, I can quit tomorrow. No big deal. You have 21 days invested. Just I, like oh uh, yeah, I think there's a thing about you know sobriety in this talking about addiction all up together. Some people were listening right now that 13 years of sobriety and they're gonna they're gonna fail tomorrow. But if you fail tomorrow, get back up. Yeah, that's that's I mean, that's what this what I've learned. And this is one of those things that's one of the hardest things to prepare families for with addicts is like, listen, your family member is going to relapse. And they're like, you know, like, I've just spent, you know, fifty thousand dollars and, you know, like and taking out loans. You tell me they're going to go back to this. I'm like, listen, the thing about it is like you need to prepare yourself physically, mentally for them to relapse and also for them is if they do relapse, you want the frequency to be farther apart and smaller. Instead of like a seven-day bender, if it's a one-time occurrence, you know, they're starting over. Mm. And I was like, what happens is people get off the rails and what happens... That's what shame happens. Yeah, shame, all that stuff. You know, I was like, it's like you need to prepare yourself. And I was like, you know, I, I believe God can give us willpower. Some people never do that, but it's very, very rare. It's like, hey, when you relapse or whatever that is, whatever you got going on is like... Get back up, man. And I used to be one of those people like, if I mess up on a diet, I'm going to really, I'm going to keep messing up all night long. Tomorrow, you know, it's done. I, that's it. It's like, you know, like, same thing with Jesus. Like, I messed up, you know, I was like, I am, I'm just going to, I'm going to hell, so I'm going to go to hell all the way, you bring, know. Bring the Pepsis and cake, bro. Yeah, bring like, it in. Uh, you know, like, double fist and coke. But uh, what, whatever that is, it's like, people don't understand what happens is, People go to rehab, whatever it is, or like they put themselves in extreme environments where they change. Just like basic training, it makes people like lose like eighty pounds. You know, like they come out, they don't even look like they go in like fat kids and come out look like they're coming out of, you know, prison war camp. You know, like, and uh, like what happened to this person? And they go home, you know, like on leave, and they gain like twenty pounds. Or like they come back, their BDUs are like all tight yeah. and fat. Like I can't get into my stuff. The buttons are. They go back to their environment. Mm. And the same people doing the same stuff. And that's where, you know, I would sit there like in my house. If you guys come to my house, you'd probably laugh because we're blessed with a nice house. It's like 6,000 square feet and have like a workout room downstairs. But I have a Peloton in the middle of the living room and the stairs. <laughs> like, it's not in the workout room. No, it's in the it's, middle it's of the living room. A, yeah, it's in the living room. Okay. If you go to my pantry, there's scales. When you walk in the door, I have scales. So like, hey, fatty, look down, kill the scales see, see and think it about it. It's like thought. Yeah. You walk into our closet, there's a picture of the rock like flexing and a picture of some tall chick. Because just... what you're saying is, Ron, I love this. What you're saying is you need to change your environment. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this is a powerful statement yep. that you're making. And I think the listeners need to grab onto it is that if you want to make change, one, you got about face, take a big step, start to build the momentum, but it has to be done in a new environment. And that could be with a new friend, yep. an encourager. It could be changing your, you know, the food yeah. in your house. It could be whatever, removing, yeah, whatever's mo- triggering removing you know? the alcohol. I mean, sometimes it's changing the way you go home. Mm. I mean, and this is a true statement. There's things that, you know, that, you know, whether it be the liquor store, the alcohol, like, you know, you don't need to shop at a store that sells alcohol. Don't go there. If you don't need to go down I-40 
next to peppermint rhino because you might pull <laughs> off there and spend your kid's college fund and go a different way home. You know what I'm talking about? Those I'm serious, man. There's yeah. there's people that the triggers them, man. Like yeah. you sit there, those things, whatever you're you know, whatever, you know, the thing in your past, because it's like creeping, man. There's a, if you guys haven't watched The Chosen, man, it's an amazing series. And there's this, you know, just, you guys know Mary Magdalene and, you know, her passing. You know, she was, you know, whether they portrayed her working girl, whatever. There's a thing that Satan calls her, her name is in their past. It's like who she used to be. And she returns to that, you know, for, you know, a minute. And she like leaves, you know, because it gets rattled. Because somebody called their past. And what happens is, man, there's going to be people in your life. They're going to call those things out in your past. But that is not who you are. You know, sit there. That's an event, something you did. You know, it's a mistake you made. It's not who you are. And I think those things, when somebody, call, you know, sit there, it reminds you of your past. You know, you need to, need to say, you know, to me, probably going to say if you something like that because you don't know who I am now. You don't know who, you know, those people don't matter because – my true friends know who I am now. They know what I'm trying to do, and they know that I'm not. That's how I used to be. I love that. Here, here, here's a quote. Here's something. It says, "The past is for reference, not for residence." Oh yeah. So it's to look back from. You should learn from it, but you shouldn't live in it. Yeah, and that's where you know I think our church right now is doing these wisdom things. Man, wisdom comes from the past. As wisdom is like making a mistake, getting that knowledge, and not doing it a different way. Taking that knowledge, learning from it, trying to do something different. When you so your past it. is good, yeah, as long as you don't live in it. Yeah, exactly. And that's what you know. In the reference and talk about it, because I mean, we have these people all the time, man. That and I know you deal with a lot of law enforcement. They're thinking about physically. They just go to the academies where they're at. You know, they're thinking about twenty-five year old body, and they're in a forty-five year old body. <laughs> it's fifty pounds overweight. You know, their buttons are about to knock your eyes out because their uniform's so tight and. You know, they're breathing hard, walking up the steps. But they'll tell you. Ego's thinking, I'm 25. I don't know how many guys I've seen that. If I had a dollar for every dude that came in the gym and told me about being a high school wrestling champ or a golden glove boxer, you know, their shirt says UFC, but the body says KFC. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm serious. And I'm not saying it to be That's, mean. It was a true But thing. I know, like, like, here's the thing. You know, <laughs> Purple Belt Ryan might be better than black belt ryan and why do i say that people say that's a contrary statement my body is older yeah i i can't i i'm more efficient more knowledgeable yeah but back in the day i had more uh, like so people tell me not like i'm busted up you know yeah. i had a guy at the gym recently i came in and he's all mangled up looks like a you know his ears all Cough oh yeah like a, he's like a d1 wrestler every time he comes in he's like hey you want to roll? And I go, no, no, I don't. <laughs> and he's like, why are you afraid to get beat? Yes. A hundred percent. You, you, it's like, I'm either on the couch, not training. Right. Because I'm yeah. being lazy or I'm on the couch cause I'm injured. Yeah. So you have to have modulation and train in the middle, yeah. you know? And so guys, I think what they do is they live in the past and they, and they, especially titles, Rob, when you gain a title, it changes a man. Oh, yeah. I know. They freeze frame life. When yeah. I was. Yeah. Well, like, you know, or who, who I am, man, because there's a, I went to a conference a couple years ago called Good Soil. John Eldridge, his, as a protege, Morgan Snyder, awesome guy does called Good Soil. And one of the things you do there is you cannot tell your job. I love what you that. Do. It's like, if you reference it, you say, I'm a chimney sweeper or my chimney sweep. And, 
and it's like the hardest thing, you know, when you're trying to explain to somebody you're like, man, Jimmy Sweeper, you know, whatever. And what happens is this level of posturing goes down of like, you know, I'm president, CEO, or, you know, also the part two, the, you know, the, I want to say like false, false prides, like, you know, I'm the, I'm the janitor. Cause you know, some people live in that place, you know, like that's who I am. And, but it's like, Hey, no, we're all the same, same playing field. I love that, man. Yeah. And that's where, you know, like, and that's when I was talking to a, a fellow friend today, a business owner, he's got a small business and, and I was like, man, I'm like way past wanting to put owner on my business. Card. Is it, yeah, as a title. It's like, I own some businesses, but I'm like, what that doesn't mean. You know what that means? That means that I have responsibility for other people. And I was like, that doesn't mean anything that, you know, that anybody can't do. But I was like, the person, you know, a lot of times you're like, you know, owner, you know, <laughs> president, CEO, like, you know. And I was like, that doesn't mean anything, man. You know, the, that doesn't mean how somebody's going to treat you. And, it's kind of go, you know, to a story about that, you know, how, how we meet people that I guess it's been almost a couple months ago now, Ryan uh, told me, he's like, Hey man, I want you to come shoot with me. And this guy, it's a vet from Little Rock. Yeah. That's all that's I knew. A couple of vets, you know? So I'm like, of course, you know, like if you guys ever get a chance to go shoot with Ryan or take a class, very, very special occasions. Like, you know, it's just always fun. He makes it fun learning. And I get out there. I know who this guy is, but Ryan has no clue who this guy is. <laughs> This is such a funny story. Because Ron is like, you know, what's the word? I don't say oblivious to people that are Arkansas famous. You know, or, or, or of status. Status. Think- like, you know, he treats the janitor the same as he treats the president, you know, which I like the janitor more than I do the president. So I should so <laughs> probably treat the janitor better. But God forgive me. I still respect and honor our president. <laughs> but this guy comes out and I know who he is. You know, he he's a Razorback legend. He played for the Patriots and won, got a Super Bowl ring. Then after it became, after that, he joined the Army after he was in the NFL for four years and became an his officer, got a Ranger tab. First of all, any of those things. Our titles. A, yeah, there's a lots of men we know that, hey, I got a Ranger tab. Hey, I was in the Army. Hey, most former Razorbacks, you know, there's a couple of them. Like one of my favorite radio personalities, David Basil, 30 years, you know, living off of it. But, and then at the NFL, they got a right, you know, they got a ring, you know, sit there. Well, they played in the NFL, NFL. and they also had a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, you know, sitting there. But he played but for the I, greatest team ever in you know, the Patriots. You can see on the wall over there. That's uh, right. So, I, dude, and I didn't know who he was. So, so it, let it, me give the backstory real quick, and then I'll, I'll yeah. throw the, I'll throw the hook back over to you. So, uh, a friend of ours, Tracy, reaches out and says, hey, I'll, I'll, I got a guy that I want you to meet. I think you guys would, you know, you guys would relate. He was in the military. You were in the military. He likes guns. You like guns. I'm like, sounds like a great dude. You know, let's let's link up. So I, re- I reach out to this guy and I said, hey, you know, this person wanted us to link up. You know, I, I own a gun range. Let's, let's go shoot together. You know, if you're a vet, man, I'll take care of you. Come on out. That's all I knew. Well, you know, so Ron didn't know who he was, but his name is Jake Beckett. He uh, defensive end, Razorback, gets drafted by the Patriots. You know, gets Super Bowl ring. Just a good guy. Like you know, he's like a great ambassador of Arkansas. You know, just one of those guys that's not done stupid stuff. He looks, you know, he, he, you know I, he looks like Superman. Yeah, he do, he does. He's like you know, he's the kind of guy. He's like my you name know, is Jake he's, Beckett. But he's like law. You know, I feel like he's thinned out. And, the cool thing was Jake never mentioned anything. He never name drop, you know, not once, and never, you know, I'm better than. And I watched Ryan like, like teach him some extra stuff. We were doing like shooting drill, which was fun, you know, we're going rifle to pistol, transitioning, and 
using some real data and like just get Jake dialed in with the pistol. And he had another friend there, Ryan was there too. And me and Ryan were shooting, was plinking some other stuff while Ryan was training him a little bit. And at the end of the day, this guy, Jake, which we know I really like Jake. We got to know him better and become friends. He's like, tells Ryan, he's like, you're a really good coach. And Ron, his humble self, like, okay, you know, well, thank you, thank you. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm just like, hey, man, thanks, no problem. And our friends, Jake and Ron Lee. I'm like, there's a thing I do for Ron. Like when I'm like trying to speak to him, it's almost fatherly. <laughs> it I'm, is kind I, of. Fun. I, I put my hand on his shoulder. I'm like, don't do it now. Like I, you know, like, hey, do you understand what this guy just told you? Which it, for, right then, yeah. when you put your hand, you know, then I know it's serious. It's like, like Rob, it's like Rob, dad. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like you know, there's times that I've jacked up, and Rob's like. You're a freaking idiot. But when he puts his hands on, I know it's like whatever he's about to say is pretty serious. So we just got to train this guy. I fish, a fist bumped and they get in their car and leave. And I'm like, okay, cool. We just shot with a vet. And uh, he puts his hand on my shoulder and I knew it was serious. And he goes, do you know who that guy was? And I go, no, not a clue. And I was like, I want you to listen to me. And he's like, what? And I was like, he just said, you're a good coach. And I was like, okay. Ron's like, it's okay. You know, like <laughs> I was like, no. I was like, he is coached by the greatest NFL coach ever who's won six Super Bowls. And I was like, this guy didn't drop a name. He didn't say, I'm a Razorback. I'm a Patriot. I was in the Army. I got a Ranger tab. I was the 101st Air Force. We've been around guys that every bit, you know, they would have had the resume holding it up. You know, they would have had their Rangers, you know. Or the shirt. They wear the shirt, you know. They would have had it on their car, you know, drove around. like. But Jake is not a flatterer. You know, he's not, you know, he just didn't take that compliment was real in which, I mean, I, to me, Ron is an amazing coach. You, if you ever take jets or shoot or any, any of those things, he's just, it, he's, you're God gifted that way. You know, wow. you've taken that wisdom and today, the you need to listen to the message from church today because he talks about wisdom and taking skills. It's a learned mm. skill and uh, use that. But I was like, man, I was like, soak that up just for a minute. A guy just been coached by the greatest, you know, NFL coach ever told you you're a good coach. And, and he didn't, that, he didn't say that just to make, you know, to feel good about yourself or whatever he has, like, it was a real compliment and uh, which was cool. Cause Ron's like, you know, he's humble. He don't let ever, he's already got a big head, but he doesn't let, he it doesn't is, let no, like physically, physically big. big, not like <laughs> ego, big. don't literally have a big meat head, but he never like takes stuff like that. But I was excited. Cause I was like, you know, a friend that loves you and knows your skill level. And I tell you those kind of things that somebody else that man, that doesn't just drop compliments told you that. And which was really cool for Jake to say that. And he meant it too, you know, and it's one of those yeah. things that, you know, like, and, you know, it came back and rolled with you too, which I was like, yeah, hey, came man. back and did jujitsu, man. Yeah. And he's a beast. And, but, you, you know, can I tell you what was really cool about that? I honored him more after the fact because he didn't name drop. Oh, yeah. Because, listen, he didn't live in the past, he didn't allow his past accomplishments determine today you know he didn't come in he dude i talked to him for i don't know how, how long prior and then he showed up and shot and not one time did he tell me he was a raising back not one time did he tell me he had a ring or whatever a super bowl ring and that he was 101st airborne in the army i mean like all these things and not one time did he ever say anything at the end he said you're a good coach and then rolled out and so i was like man that is more that puts him on a higher pedestal of honor versus then just coming in and saying, Hey man, this is what I do. This is who I am. Here's my Ranger shirt. You know, Hey, I just want to let you know, I got a Super Bowl ring on, you know, like he didn't say any of that. And so, you know what I think it is, he didn't let the past define him. 
Oh yeah. He said, I'm going to put in work. I remember him saying, Hey, I'm, I'm willing to put in work now. Yeah. I want to learn to shoot that pistol now. Yeah. Oh, it's like, you know, that's, and that's the way I think he's successful about everything, you know, <laughs> these different levels that, you know, far beyond from collegiate to professional, you know, even the military to serve his country. And when this podcast comes out, he's actually going to be running for the U S Senate primary. So vote for Jake, that, Beckett, dude. our friend. Yeah. And uh, super cool, dude. Super good guy, man. But you know, he believes in second amendment stuff. He's Christian and, um, he's a patriot. Patriot. He 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 aligns with our literally values. a patriot. Yeah, yeah. Well, he aligns with our values and you know our belief system. But he's he's a good person, and that's where you know like we don't endorse people. We don't believe. I don't that. think we've ever endorsed anybody. <laughs> but, but you know, know yeah. he, I, I think we've talked to him because he is a good example yeah. of what we're talking about today. Is not letting the past define you. Normally, we talk about it as a ball and chain. Yeah. Instead, he didn't come in waving a trophy yeah. or Wait, a banner. That, he came yeah. in and just said, "Hey, I'm me." You know, and I think that's way better. I think we can all learn from that level of humility or also from growth. Oh, yeah. And I, I, here's one of the things too, man, because we both get asked a lot of stuff from us. Weird stuff, whether it be time or money or guns or ammo. All, or, all the time. I mean, just like these weird things. And I asked Jake today because he actually he talked about those different times on the phone and asked him. I was like, man, I was like, what do you need, man? I was like, you know, what, you know. Because tomorrow, actually, when this deal, he already be announced, but he's actually announcing tomorrow, be Monday, whatever's tomorrow, what's tomorrow, it's going to come out, you know, July 12th. And I was like, what do you need? He's a man, just pray for me. Man, that's good. And I was like, dude, I, you know, I was like, I'm do that for sure. But that made me, you know, like, I was like a proud, you know, friend. I was yeah. like, those things, because, you know, like a lot of times I feel like people ask us, like, hey, we make a donation, or will you like yeah. show up here? You know, can you do, you know, it's like these things they don't ask for, but like prayer is usually the last one unless they're, but he's like, hey, I'm about to take this next step of faith and put myself out there, man. I was like, and I was like, man, I'm so excited for you. And I was like, you know, I was like, definitely pray for you. And here's the thing, love, he's not looking in the rearview mirror. He's not, he, he knows that that's where he can reference. He could reference that he was a Razorback. He can reference that he was a Patriot and a hundred first airborne, but he doesn't reside there. He's going forward. Yeah. Like you said, he's not looking in the rearview mirror because we talk about it. There's two things where people look at their past and they say, Hey, look at the past. This is what I used to do. I used to be a high school wrestling champ. I, I used to own businesses. I used to do this. I, this is where I used to. This is when I won uh, the bodybuilding competition. I yeah. used to. Yeah. Instead, he's moving forward on the opposite side of the spectrum. They're letting their past define them. Yeah. Like, and it's, like, you know, it's become their identity because I'm a Razorback. Mm. I'm a Patriot. I'm all these things, you know. And, you know. And Jake's like, I'm, I'm just a man trying to make things better for our country. You know, I visualize, like when we talk, I see, you know, like I, 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 like I put things into like, using words to paint the picture it's almost like we need to be in the middle right so don't let your past accomplishments or failures define you rock the middle don't let any of this yeah. right it reference it yeah i mean it's like, learn that's, from and that's what we learn from that's where we get our wisdom at is those things and you know it's kind of where we're at and let, let today define you right yeah and that's what you know what'd you do today what have you, you done friend? for me today you know like that's what he said <laughs> And uh, oh, that's uh, an exact, <laughs> exactly, you gotta pay, pay up today, but you know, man, that's you know, it's the example of that right there. And uh, I'm excited for him, Jake. You know, if you listen to this man, we got you Jake. back, yeah, <laughs> at least you got you got two, you got two votes here in Arkansas, man. Hopefully, some more, but 
jarhead and yeah. army dude. <laughs> so we're, we're excited for that. But you know, the past defining, man, kind of just, just to close this out, man. And here's what, I know some right now, some of you guys are in like deep depression. And first thing I was like, if you're in deep depression and you're like stuck in your past, find a therapist. I mean, message me if you can't find one. I'm in a group of like tons of them because there's sometimes there's sometimes you need medication. Sometimes you need counseling. Sometimes, you know, just to get that. And somebody's like, man, I can't get out of bed. And that's, and that sounds crazy and depression. And if you've never been there, don't judge it. And, you know, some of you are filled with anxiety. Like, I can't make a decision about tomorrow, you know? And first thing is that, you know, therapy, I'll just tell you that, that, you know, and, and it might just be messaging me and writing and admitting to it because what happens is when you, there's a thing about power, spoken word or power, like written word is like, when you admit where you're at and become self-aware, you're kind of showing yourself where you're at on the map. I can make this decision to go to the next, you know, I yeah. know where I'm at. I know where I don't want to be at. So, you know, I'm going to make a plan to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And I would just, you know, sit there, your, your past, your current situation, your current thing is not going to define where you're at. And I would sit there and just say, you know, the application part is like, and the thing about it too, where you're at, if you want to change your environment, sometimes it's drastic. Sometimes it's selling your house and moving out of state. Sometimes, you know, it's like leaving, you know, I got a friend that has a house. He's not lived in a while. I had a lot of bad memories, divorce stuff in there. I was like, sell it, dude, get rid of it. Yeah. I'm like right now the housing market's crazy. You can probably make more money. You know, everybody's like, just get rid of it. Don't hold on to it anymore. I cut that a lot, you know? And uh, I, I also want to add this to Rob. I think that one thing that I've seen so much healing with and drastic improvement with what we're talking about is making that momentum so you can blow through that brick wall is getting around good men. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, getting yeah. around your brothers. There's a reason why people can deploy to Iraq or Afghanistan or like a patrol shift. And, and there's healing with those people. There's, I can't remember what the study showed, but it was a high percentage of men today in 2021 that are isolated. They literally have one friend or maybe somebody they drink and play poker with. And I'm just, all it is is just contributing to their failure. I'm going to challenge you to find somebody or get in a group of people that are, that are cheerleaders for your life. I'm telling you, like, I'm a big fan of jujitsu. People say, Ryan, why do you talk about jujitsu? Because it's helped me and I want you to experience it. But it doesn't have to be jujitsu. It could be, I don't know, CrossFit, CrossFit, karate class, Zumba, whatever it is. But find a group. Yeah. Um, Like, there's a verse, too. It's Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 4, verse 9 through 12. I'm going to read this. It's two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who's alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lies together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who's alone, two will stand him at threefold cords, not quickly broken. Man, that's where, you know, like power numbers. I mean, like your friendships. I mean, iron sharpens iron. It's like, you know, me and Ryan know each other well enough. Our voices, <laughs> when something's going on, he's like, what's up? You know, or I'm like, you're avoiding me, you know, like. Like, hey, uh, you can't do that. <laughs> Sit there. Like, hey, yeah. you got to go do this. But, you know, that right there is finding somebody, first of all, finding one person. We talk about band of brothers, like a band of brothers. Like, where are each other? You know, those things. It's like, that's important. You know, the counseling, whatever, you know, those things get out of your the past. And, uh, man, and one of the things, even this is one of those simple things. I've seen this done multiple times. People write their past stuff down 
and freaking burn it. Yep. You know, something they physically see, burn it. You know, sitting there like yep. it's gone. I'm yep. not going to sit there and let this be who I am. I'm going to be today and I'm going to start to rewrite my story to be different. And I really, really believe, man, you know, some of you guys right now need to hear this, that, you know, your, you know, your past doesn't define you. That identity doesn't have to be whatever you've, you've stuck with. It might be, you might be the sickly, the invalid. You, you might be the disabled vet that's like, hey, you know, that's who I am. That's not who you are. That is like, that's a government designation. That's not who you, you're, you know, you're a son of God. That's what I truly believe. But, man, that's, you know, I'm, I'm kind of rambling here, but I really believe I want you guys to know that your past does not define who you are, where you're going. And just, you know, today you can change the environment. You can change who you are, take ownership and just, you know, do those things that you need to do. And find, find good people, man. Like, you know, we talk about you're the average of five people you spend the most time with. And, you know, find people that are better than you. Find people that are doing things you want to do. Find people you want to be like. Yep. Uh, That's good, man. So anything else to add today, man? I know this is some of the, some, 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 some stuff's hard for some people. And some like, man, I can't do that. I can't do 75 hard. I can't, first of all, you know, can't, you can't, you can't, you can do anything you want to. Yeah. I was like, you know, if you don't believe that, listen, David Goggins, you can't, I mean, you can't. his book, you know, like kind of was one of those things that find something that motivates you. Yeah. Find people that motivate you. I think this is a really good podcast. There's a lot of bunch of takeaways. There was a couple spinoffs that, I mean, you can, you can take some of these little pieces of information, apply it to your life. I just, challenge our listeners to know that we're not here to ever judge <laughs> where we are coming from a place of acceptance because no matter where you grew up, how you grew up, wounds you may have or current things you're dealing with, Rob and I have been through a lot. And so we're coming from a place, not look, not above you or below you, but yeah. with you. And so I just want you to know that while we cruise out through the podcast and uh, man, it's always good to be with you, Rob. Yeah. I think this was a phenomenal podcast. I think this time, man, I think you close this out. You want to close this out? Yeah. If you don't live in Arkansas, move to Arkansas. If you pass the application process. <laughs> That's it. We'll let you in. Vote for Jake Beckett. Boom. The primary. Sitting there for the Republican. Man, if you don't know, check him out. And tomorrow, you know, if you see me and Ryan, I'm going to tell you this, Ryan. This is an endorsement. If you see us share pictures of Jake or whatever, share it, man. Because this guy is a vet. He's a Razorback. He is a third generation Razorback, which is pretty crazy. You know, like he, talk he, about. He loves God, dude. He loves God. He's a good man. You know, I was like, hey, man, help us grassroots, you know, share that stuff. And also, I mean, I always enjoy spending time with Ryan. That's what I'm, this is one of my favorite things to do. And I'm excited we live close to each other and kind of got some big dreaming big still stuff coming. Share our podcast too and rate it. If you get a chance, share it with somebody, rate it. And. Even if you think it's a three star, not a five star, rated. Hey, you got a rip. <laughs> Welcome to the dojo. Leave, leave, hey, and leave us some feedback too. Man. If I was to find you on Instagram or Facebook, how would I find that? Did you uh, just search by fires on Instagram? Okay. Uh, Rob Heffley, nineteen seventy nine. Look at the sexy dude on there. He's so right. S seven <laughs> tactical. Forged by fires on uh, uh, Facebook too, and uh, and it, those are their message. You know, I get DMs from different people. And uh, man, especially in the law enforcement and veteran community, there's a lot of, and sit there, you know, man, thank you for serving and thank and, you for listening. And, yeah. You know, civil service. Thank you for all the stuff you're going through right now. I know it's not easy, but I know you guys are not doing it for the money. And uh, man, just like I said, you guys have a great week, man. And forge by fire out. <laughs> <laughs>